Hey guys, this audio is brought to you by Iroquois Inc. I'm Gautner Hardio, owner operator of Iroquois Inc. Tattoo. And we've got a special going on right now. Um, if you're interested in getting uh, traditional tattoos done or interested in having a tattoo gathering held in your, in your community, whether it's urban or whether it's rural, on res, um, I'm, uh, I'm easy to get a hold of. You can find me on Facebook uh, at Iroquois Inc. Message me and we can we can discuss it. Have a great one and enjoy the podcast. So a quick little recap. Um, uh, basically, for a year I had not had a lawyer at all. Actually, it's been absolutely over a year, year and a half. I've had no lawyer, and I've been I've been working on my own. And uh, finally, the Crown pushed uh, the issue because I kept trying to find a way to to have enough financial resources to get a lawyer, right? Because I couldn't afford it. And my wife and I separated, uh, so it changed my financial situation. So I applied again, and then it took six months before they finally denied me. It was really weird. Anyways, um, long story short, I ended up no lawyer again, and no, well, no, no lawyer. And the Crown, I keep asking the Crown to deal with this in another manner, in accordance to our treaty relationship. And uh, the Crown just gets angry with me. Doesn't want to hear it. Pushing that I, that I, the only way, alternatively, the only way to address the matter is to raise the constitutional question. Which basically, a constitutional question is questioning the legitimacy of a law or, or you know, a charge on me based on what the Constitution says about, about it. So um, I'm questioning the law by pointing out the Constitution. And I didn't really want to do that, but that was the, basically what they were pushing. And my problem was, it don't matter what way I look at it, you need to have someone who's uh, highly skilled inside the Canadian legal system to navigate that sort of stuff. Otherwise, you just get caught on the circumstance and on the little minor legalities and never get to the justice of the, of the evidence of the issues, right? Because that game is played more on the uh, on the protocols than it is really uh, on the evidence at hand. So anyway, long story. I, I they they set a court date for me to have a trial um, in the lowest court in the land. It's April fourth, I think. I think they've set aside like a very short amount of time to have a trial, right? four hours or something like that, without without my consent. And I said to the judge the last time I was in the courtroom, I said, uh, the dilemma that I have is that um, I'm not denying any of the things that the, the Crown is accusing me of, possession of tobacco, transporting, all sorts of stuff. Uh, my issue is that uh, <clears throat> I said, so in any other circumstance, I would I would plead guilty because I did it. I said, except the problem is, is that um, it's, in, it's infringing on our relationship that we're separate people from Canada in a, and I never really left my own territory. I grew Tobago in my own land and you know at my farm at Six Nations and I brought it to my home community at Montague and then processed it there uh, with my you know kin folk and then come on. <clears throat> Anyone's fault the story knows that. And then they seized and gone away. But I said to the to the judge, I said the problem is, is that it, it adversely, if me, me pleading guilty adversely affects uh, 
this so-called inherent Aboriginal treaty or Aboriginal right that's embedded in the Canadian Constitution, because it says that that your right is enshrined and can't be overridden by any other act of Parliament, so on and so forth, and that inherent right is uh, can be defined as a, an act or a, you know something that you did prior to European arrival and continue to do, and was integral to the the cultural sort of uh, integrity of your people. Well, I mean, tobacco is in every regard a, a part of our cultural paradigm, our cultural world, and uh, mainstay in our social and spiritual and economic uh, situation uh, in terms of trade, in terms of agricultural development, everything. So I said to, to the judge, I said, and obviously, uh, we all, everyone in this room knows that my people you know, have been cultivating tobacco long before any of these are right here. In fact, we, we introduced it to you guys. And we've been trading it amongst ourselves uh, and amongst everyone who came here from, from every other territory outside of, uh, you know, like other kinds of other nations. So this is not a new thing. This is an integral part of uh, our way of life. I said, so it's an inherent Aboriginal right. I said, so my dilemma is that I'm, I'm held as a crown ward under the Indian Act, and so all of my financial resources of my nation are being uh, held in, in continuous bondage by the Canadian state, who says that uh, I'm a ward of the Crown, and then when I ask the Crown for financial assistance to take care of my legal matter, I'm being denied. In fact, I'm being persecuted by so-called my my trustee as a, as a, as a Crown prosecutor, uh, the representative of the Crown, is, is the one prosecuting me as my trustee. I'm like, so I said to the judge, I said, I, I don't know what to do. I said, you got me stressed out. I can't financially afford legal representation. I can't morally or ethically plead guilty when morally and ethically the Crown is the one who has, uh, is, is not in the high ground, but, but he's in the wrong. And, um, and the Crown is saying that I can't simply raise these arguments and evidence to this court because this court doesn't have the jurisdiction or authority to question uh, whether or not the laws that are being uh, placed on me are constitutionally sound. Right. So I, I can't even represent myself because I don't have the, the capacity to navigate the Canadian legal system to raise the constitutional question. So that's what happened. So I basically got stuck on a little jam. I threw, and then uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the Crown sent me a big package that basically explained how to raise the constitutional question. And I said, you know, you, you've got, you've got uh, till April 4th, or April 4th is the court date for a trial. And if you're going to raise the constitutional question, you have to use this evidence. You have to use this sort of like procedure. And you have to have it all done before, uh, like, uh, I think it's 14 days before the court date, which is today. So uh, I really didn't have the means to do it. I mean, a few of us sat down, um, and um, uh, my wife, uh, uh, who and I are trying to, you know, rectify things, um, worked together today, and um, she said, like, what are we going to do? And we've got to do something. And she said, you know, this is wrong, what they're doing to you. And I said, well, yeah, I know that. And uh, she said, and you, there's all the precedent that this can be handled outside of the court system 
in the course of our treaty relationship, she's like, you did it. I know you did. I I was there. I seen it all. I heard it. I helped write some of the stuff. And she said, we've got all this evidence here of the you know, legal writings from the provincial court saying, you know, we've policy sell the covenant chain and so on and so forth and I said she said well why don't we write a letter and and request uh, that we have a meeting uh, and ask for this this uh, crown attorney's boss to attend the meeting and to say listen like your government of Canada and the provincial governments have all said you know we're we recognize that we we have to reconcile our relationship with the Indian population and we have to reconcile and part of that reconciliation in accepting what happened in respect to the residential school is also requiring to change the justice system with respect to these people and to uh, to recognize that true relationship uh, with the indigenous population. So she's saying she says, you know, we we need to ask them to come to the meeting and say, look at like let's let's resolve this in a reconciliatory way in accordance to our our peaceful treaty relationship and not through this to this court thing. I said, Well that makes a lot of sense to me and so but I said, But they're not gonna listen to me if I write the letter. So she said, Well, I'll write the letter on your behalf if somebody has to. So she drafted a letter and and she asked uh, the local MP in this area who's who's riding is within Six Nations territory. And uh, and said, listen, you know, we were assist in facilitating the organizing of a meeting with uh, the, I guess it's the governor general. There's a, there was a number of people. I can't actually remember all of them off the top of my head. How many of them there were should be involved in, in some sort of a, of a meeting to make a determination as to uh, find a different route to address it. So that's what happened. Um, and then uh, and then uh, we drafted. Uh, according to the papers that they sent, uh, they sent me about how to raise the constitutional question. We drafted a constitutional question and sent that in today, too. So, tomorrow, conceivably, the Crown is going to receive, uh, two, two letters, one being CC to her, um, regarding the request of a meeting to address this in accordance to our treaty relationship, talking about reconciliation and addressing, it's actually addressed to all people above her head. And then in addition to that, the formal application for the raising of a constitutional question regarding the the, uh, the charges they laid against me in a provincial law. So uh, yeah, tomorrow will be interesting. To, it'll be neat to be a fly on the wall in the office over there. So that's what happened. That's a little recap for us for today. Uh, uh, what do you think is going to happen on the, uh, on the fourth? In the courtroom, uh, it really depends whether or not a meeting gets called. Because I so I put the application because the, the there's a meeting been requested. It's possible that we meet before that the court date, and they may say, "Okay, let's find an alternative solution." And in that case, we may have it resolved before the court date. Two, it, it may be that we go into the courtroom and the crown may request for additional time so that we can address this. Or it could be that we go to the court date and they just disregard all that stuff and try to crucify me. Possible that uh, we get to the court date and that they have accepted my um, my constitutional question. And in that case, then they will have to stay the, the trial until the constitutional question is addressed. 
My guess is what will happen is that the constitutional question will get accepted. In addition to that, a series of meetings will happen, and they'll try to deal with this matter the way I've been asking all along, in accordance to our treaty relationship and not in accordance to the court system. And really, I'm confused as to why they haven't done that route anyway, because dressing it that way would ensure that no real, no legal precedent would get set that would affect all other uh, indigenous nations across the country with respect to inherent right to possess and transport and to trade and resell tobacco on whatever the well, taxes paid on. Because it would simply be a matter of addressing something on a very unique uh, case with me. Um, that is one of the things about our our political and legal perspective is that every case is addressed on its own legal merit, and we don't use precedent in our system of law. Go ahead. So much different than the Canadian system. It's not... I mean, by making a, finding a solution with us uh, on one issue, the same sort of parameters of the same issue, maybe may, a different solution may, may be the result, may, may come of it. Whereas in Canadian law, that's not the case. But different legal tradition, right? And to me, I'm confused as to why they haven't done this route with me already. I mean, we've been almost two years at it. Because it's less dangerous to them in the, in the long run for setting precedent than it is then there is to set the precedent that when dealing with, you know, traditional way that you use the alternative dispute resolution model to find solutions to uh, to conflict, right? It, it's kind of dumb. 